She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 2. Episode 9. Firewalker. In this episode, a volcanic research team fails to check in and the observatory sees one of their bodies on the feed from a research robot. Mulder and Scully are sent with the team to investigate what happened and extract the survivors. But everyone at the station is paranoid and the team leader, who's suspected of killing a team member, has vanished. Mulder and Scully must figure out what's going on and find the missing scientist before it's too late. Hmm. I mean, this is not a Myth Arc episode. It is a Monster of the Week episode. But this could totally be aliens. It could be like Hollow Earth aliens. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Volcanic aliens. Mm-hmm. Could be. So this episode was written by Howard Gordon, and it was directed by David Nutter. It was filmed in the Lower Seymour Conservation Reserve, which was formerly known as the Seymour Demonstration Forest, which is what you'll usually see it listed as if you look at like contemporary references. And that is in North Vancouver. Its original air date was Friday, November 18th, 1994. And between One Breath, which aired on November 11th, and Firewalker, which aired on November 18th, Fox continued its Sunday night repeats, and they re-aired Fallen Angel on Sunday, November 13th at 7 p.m. And I didn't bother to look up those numbers, but Firewalker had a viewership of 15.2 million in the United States. Nice. Yeah. Also, last week, we neglected to mention, mainly because I didn't bother to look it up, a film that we've talked about a couple times, both as a film and as the book it's based on, Interview with the Vampire, which I almost always call Interview with the Vampire, and I think I probably did when we talked about it before. Anyway, it was released on November 11th of 1984, so the previous week. I've never actually seen it, though, because I like the book, and I actually don't like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, (laughs) so I've never seen the movie. Yeah. Well, it's definitely the vampire because that makes us that cranky that Louis is the vampire. So we all know that. And actually, I think the movie's a pretty solid adaptation. Like, it's not perfect, but they don't actually change a ton, which is kind of amazing. And they managed to get the whole story in. So I think it's pretty darn good, actually. Um, I've seen it a billion times. I did not get to see it in theaters because I was 12 years old when it came out. And my grandma read like this news article about someone who watched the movie and killed his girlfriend or something. And then I just wasn't allowed to like, but my mom let me read the book. And then she let me read the the rest of the books. And this is actually the series where like, she used to read everything, like all the adult books that I would read first to make sure there wasn't anything inappropriate. And like midway through the vampire Lestat, she just gave up. She's like, I don't want to read this junk. Just here, you can have it. And I just got to read the whole series without like parental preview, whatever. So anyway, yeah. I read those books probably way too young, but whatever. Yeah, I looked it up just to make <laughs> sure, because I know we had talked about it, and then I was doing something else, and I remember we had mentioned, at one point we had mentioned that the movie came out in November of 1994. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should see when that actually was. And I was like, oh, of course it was like the week before, not like the current week. I couldn't get that lucky. But then also I felt super old, because I found out that um, Kristen Dunst played Claudia, and she was like 12 years old in that movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm old. Um, yep yeah and then i just remember all the big like tom cruise with blonde hair kind of yeah he actually like i'm not a huge tom cruise fan either he does a pretty solid job though like i think it's probably his best acting i mean they did replace him for the next movie but 
Well, the next movie is not really connected and is also complete garbage, but we can, okay. I could talk about that for hours. So okay. we won't go. There, into- <laughs> there is an, there is an X-Files connection to that second movie too, that we'll get to when we get to it. Nice. So. Yeah. That movie is not, not very good, but all that's right. okay. And then I would like to begin by saying that while I do this almost all the time when we record these, in this episode in particular, my comments are definitely written like reaction video style. Like I watched it and made my comments as I was watching it. So things may change, but that's what I'm doing it because I definitely am an old man yelling at the TV. (laughs) Yes. So that said, we open and we're at the California Institute of Technology their volcano observatory section in Pasadena, California, and it is 2.45 in the morning. And we see some men walking down a hall. They go through some doors, and the younger one, who is like a grad student, I think is what we're supposed to be getting here, explains that on the call sheet for them to check in at midnight, but they didn't. And then the other one is Dr. Pierce, who I guess would be like his graduate advisor kind of thing. And he asks if they've tried every band, so every like frequency. And he says, yes, all audio and visuals seem to be down. Pierce says it sounds like a satellite glitch, but then the other dude like pulls this out of his pocket. He's like, oh, but we got this emergency signal from a tracking station in Bend, Oregon on the emergency frequency. And he opened it up and it says like Cascade Volcano Research Team request immediate airlift. So the immediate evacuation, right? So Pierce reads it and it's like, what are those guys doing? So they go through the doors into the actual volcano lab. And there's another like graduate student sitting there like at the computers and we find that they've managed to uplink the Firewalker video, which is like the robot that's like in the volcano, but they don't have any controls over the robot itself. They can only control the camera. So they're panning around with a big old joystick and the they're like, why is it in? Like they get the signal and they're like, why is it in the volcano? There's like no listed, like it shouldn't be in the volcano now. There's like no... Um, no, there's like no descent scheduled. And so they're looking around with the camera and they're panning through it. And then Dr. Pierce is like, wait, stop, stop, go back. And so he like grabs, he grabs a joystick and he pans back and they see a body and it's Dr. Erickson who is like on the team. And then as they're looking at the video, cause this is live video, right? There's like a shadow passes over the body and like, what is that? So like, oh, so they scan around looking to see what's going on. And then all of a sudden they can see like, like something hitting the robot. Like they're looking down like at the robot's feet and like they can, it's like a kong, kong, getting hit and then the feed goes dead. And they're like, what's going on up there? So, and then yeah. get the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think it's hilarious that like the grad student is all like, oh, hey, nothing's working, but it's not a glitch because we got this message like half an hour ago requesting an emergency va- evacuation here. It's like, that's an awesome emergency protocol. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was funny. Like, yeah, it is. No, it's no, it's not a glitch because we got this half an hour ago. Here, we look. should probably have done yeah. something about this, yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, uh, maybe we should have done something because they're that's like, okay, they're it's like, fine. Please, please help us. Please help us. Please they're help just us. hanging out on a volcano. Like, it's yeah. You sure just like folded wrong. it up and stuck it in your pocket and was like, do 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 do. Yeah, good job. so then we're at fbi headquarters in washington dc and dr adam pierce is sitting in the x-files office with Mulder and scully and they're watching a report from mount avalon washington and on the screen a reporter stands in front of a robot named firewalker which he describes as looking like a large titanium bug 
And he reports that next week, a group of scientists will be taking this robot to its first descent into an active volcano. He says the robot is the brainchild of Dr. Daniel Trepkos, who hopes to collect core samples and scientific data with the robot. And Tremco says they're talking about peering into the fire where it all began and revisiting the origin of Earth, a human endeavor more important than man's exploration of space. So he's like very dramatic, but yeah, very dramatic. Yeah. It's cool. And Trepkos is played by Bradley Whitford, who I mostly know from the West Wing. He played Josh Lyman and I loved that show. And recently he was the white patriarch in the movie Get Out, which was also very good. Yeah, at least here though, like we said, he's like really dramatic and grandiose. And yeah, I think the I'm character gonna, is meant to be a little. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb, and so here we get reaction video commentary where I'm gonna say he's the villain of our piece, and he's gonna be putting science and or his claims to fame over the lives of others. Well, I don't know where you'd get that idea. Yeah, we'll see if that. <laughs> he's out. a scientist on the X Files. I don't know why you would think that. And also, just for the record, Mount Avalon is not a real mountain. So <laughs> it's it's supposed to be in the Cascades, but it's, it's all, it doesn't exist. So. Yeah. And CIT, the California Institute of Technology, is not a real place. Right. And I actually thought for a second that it was the same lab that Roland took place. But that was actually the Washington Institute of Technology. So they kind of missed an opportunity there to have some continuity. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's the same one from Roland. And then I went back and looked at Roland just to make sure. And I was like, oh, no, that's the Washington Institute of Technology. Darn, so, they could have kept their world building more consistent. Yeah, well, I don't know why they can't do that, honestly. So, because, <laughs> I mean, come on. Anyway, so Pierce stops the tape, and Mulder's like, that's a bold claim, referring to, like, you know, the endeavor greater than space exploration. And Pierce says that Trepkos always had a flair for drama, as we commented on. And Scully's like, I heard he was brilliant. And Pierce is like, see, you'd already tell I'm not going to be a fan of Scully in this episode because I'm. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Scully fans. Pierce says that Trepkos occupies the space where dreams, ambition and luck converge. And Mulder's like, so you think his luck has run out? And Pierce tells him how the team didn't check in as scheduled and they've been unreachable ever since the broadcast one emergency signal. That was asking for pickup, probably because you didn't go pick them up. Anyway, then he shows them the camera footage that they were able to get from the Firewalker. So the same footage that we saw in the opening. And as they're panning over the floor, they see that shadow and Mulder's like, what was that? He like jumps up and like runs over. And so he's like, that's the body of Phil Erickson. He used the chief seismologist on the project. And then they say the temperature down there is like 130 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's, it's kind of hot. It's volcano stuff, right? And so Mulder asks why Pierce wasn't up there with the team. And he's like, well, I left the project six weeks ago. Trepkos and I nearly came to blows. And Scully's like, well, why? And he's like, well, I can't really explain why. Just I noticed him slipping into madness. And then Mulder's like, well, maybe Trepkos is behind the death and all the weirdness. And Pierce was like, I hope he isn't, because we have over 20 million taxpayer dollars sunk into the Firewalker project. And if news got out, it could destroy years of work. That's why I'm afraid to go through proper channels, which is why he was asking Mulder and Scully, because Mulder's like, we're definitely not proper channels. So, <laughs> No, they're definitely not. Yeah, so I kind of called it. It seems like maybe the dude is a bad guy. So I mean, maybe. I mean, they're making it really easy, which is kind of sad. But anyway. If he is the bad guy. If he is the bad guy. It's like you're leading the witnesses here. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I play one on podcast. No. So Scully asks how soon they can get up there and Pierce has a charter flight waiting to take them to Seattle and then they'll take a helicopter to the location where the research base is. And Mulder quietly tells Scully he doesn't think she should go because obviously if she just woke up from a mysterious coma and had a really traumatic abduction where she remembers nothing for months and months. So, you know, it's been kind of a weird year for Scully. Yeah, and we're going to find out it's been kind of a weird, like, week for Scully later. Yeah. Anyway. So she appreciates her concern, but she's ready. She just wants to get to work, which I totally relate to. (laughs) Like, let me do something. She doesn't want to sit around waiting. So he suggests she takes time off again, but she's like, look, I've already lost too much time, so I'm coming with you. I've already lost too much time. Yeah. So far, this is almost an exact replay of ICE. Like the video of the site, the news footage, they're watching the video in the office. They're going to get a flight to the remote location. It's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, this is what I think this is going to be just like a brand of X-File episode where they have to go to like a weird scientific mission and like be stuck in the remote location. Like this is the third one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Third. Yeah. Um, after darkness falls and after ice. So I think this is just going to be a recurring, like, I mean, I did complain flavor. about darkness falls being a lot like ice in comparison. Darkness falls is a lot more original than this one is going to be spoiler. Yeah. So, but anyway, but yeah. So anyway, I think this is just kind of a brand. I don't know what we want to call these, but this is like going to be a thing. I think, I don't think this will be the last one. I don't know for sure. Again, I don't remember, but I'm just kind of guessing that this isn't going to be the last one. <laughs> They seem to really like this format, so. Yeah. So then we're at the Cascade Mountain Range, and a yellow helicopter flies over lush green trees, and it's very pretty. And from the copter, Pierce points out the volcano, and then it lands at the research base, and they all get out, and then the chopper takes off again, which. The chopper. I I get it. I get why it's (laughs) taking off again, but I kind of wish that maybe. I guess the. The pilot stayed with them in ice and that didn't help. So I guess it really doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Well, and also a helicopter can leave a lot easier than like a plane can. True. True. So they approach a satellite dish and Pierce says this was Firewalker's satellite relay and he's accountable for all the expensive equipment. So Scully's like, hey, we should probably go find the descent team. But Pierce actually wants to take like survey of all the damage that's been done around the base and then he'll catch up with them. So his priorities are clearly like... I got to find out what our equipment situation is, which doesn't seem like the best plan, but you know, I guess he just wants to get that out of the way. So you kind of get a vibe of like, is he just like a pencil pushing bureaucrat in this or is he maybe know something? Cause like, I'm going to go look around by myself. So yeah, which doesn't seem like when you don't know what's going on, just not a, not a great strategy, but whatever. Yeah. And also he's more worried about the equipment than he is about the people who've disappeared. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that'll work out well for him. Everyone knows it worked out well in Jurassic Park. So yeah. I'm sure this won't end badly. Yeah. In Bear's defense in ICE, or maybe not his defense, but I think the reason why Bear stayed with them, because in ICE, they kind of knew why they were going up there. They were going up there because they knew they were dead bodies. Right. They were going to get the bodies the and pile them in. They the were just going to get the bodies and... and leave. And then it turned out like, hmm, we can't leave. So, yeah. Yeah. And here they don't really know what's going on. But it is supposed to be an emergency extraction. So, again. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway. Emergency extraction like a day or so later. It's fine. It's fine. What could go it's wrong fine. on a volcano? Nothing. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing. So Mulder and Scully are walking through the halls of the research station. Of course, it's all dark because there's like no power. And they reach a doorway and Mulder calls out and he gets no answer. And so they've got their flashlights and they're looking around and Scully steps on something. And it's like a broken like monitor 
or like some kind of equipment, right? With like a screen and that kind of stuff. And like the place is just trash. There's like all the equipment's destroyed. The file cabinets are all hanging open. There's stuff everywhere. All the equipment's broken. And Mulder's like, it looks like someone wanted to put this operation permanently out of commission. So they go through another door and in the shadows, we see someone is watching them and is holding what you thought was like a scythe. I think it's actually just like a mountain climbing pick. That makes sense because it's very small, but it's yeah, like and we'll, and we'll see it later. Scully uses one later, and it's the same <laughs> thing. So, yeah. And so Mulder looks around. He sees some more equipment, and this equipment is like just on kind of like on shelves and stuff, and it's not really been used, like a storage area for samples. So that equipment is not destroyed. So it's only like the active equipment that's been destroyed. And then the person that was watching jumps out and he attacks Mulder. But Mulder is good at fighting in this episode. And so he actually gets the guy and then Scully hears a commotion is like Mulder and runs in and Mulder's got the guy by like his like on a table like from behind Ugh, like got him down. And he's like, this isn't what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. And Mulder's like, you just about took my head off. And then he throws the man forward and the guy says, it's a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Mulder's like, well, who are you? And he says his name is Jason Ludwig. He's the robotics engineer for the descent team. And Mulder asks if he always greets people that way. And Ludwig is like, well, I heard a noise and I thought it was him and I had to protect myself. And Mulder's like, well, who are you talking about? And he says, Trepkos. Like, he just says it like, well, of course, Trepkos. Why would you ask a dumb question like that? Right. Who else? Who else? Yeah. So as they walk to another part of the research station, Ludwig tells them that Trepkos ran hot and cold. So he wouldn't talk to them for days at a time. And then suddenly he would be there chatting with them and he like wouldn't shut up. And Ludwig admired Trepkos and said he was a prophet, which, again, seems very dramatic. They're doing science. Yeah. But he saw or things. are they? Well, in theory. And he saw things that others only dream about and then forget when they wake up. Everyone, I don't know. Everyone at this research station is, like, super melodramatic. <laughs> but Ludwig turns the power back on. And then he tells the other two on the team that they can come out. The Calvary's here. And he introduces Mulder and Scully to Peter Tanaka, who's the systems analyst, and Tanaka coughs. Mm -hmm. And then Jesse O'Neill asks if they're the rescue team. And Mulder's like, oh, we're with the FBI. And she's like, but you're taking us back, right? Like, we can leave? And Mulder's like, well, after we figure out what happened here, so. Yeah. Tanaka is, like, infected or whatever, and it's going to die soon. Because it's the yeah. trope of, like, you introduce someone, and they cough, and you're like, they're dead. Yeah. They've got, oh, yeah. you know, tuberculosis. 100%. You know whatever they're dead yeah yeah normal people cough like in real life for no reason i do it all the time but like yeah he's also a on little TV, no. sweaty yeah he does have a little bit of fever sweats yeah. going on. and jesse needs to not cut her own hair like seriously <laughs> i thought she was kind of cute she does have like the the choppy 90s bangs that are not that are like way all. high and are like an inch long yeah, yeah which so i was got, never like, a fan of that look but i think yeah, yeah she's, she's three cute. inches of forehead and one inch of bangs yeah not a good look but she's also like setting off my spider sense it's kind of tingling so okay we'll see yeah when Mulder asked what happened because he's like we'll leave when we can figure out what happened here ludwig is like trepkos is what happened Again, they're all about the drama in this place, man. It's like it's like they're very high strung. Yeah, it's like X Files, real world or something. It's kind of yeah. So then they ask if like he killed Erickson, and Ludwig says he flipped out after the descent. Scully asks if they can think of anything that might have caused his behavior, and Jesse's like, Daniel had bipolar disorder or something. She said it wasn't something he advertised, and with his medication, he was just fine. And then Ludwig is like, Erickson's wife might disagree with that and then scully asks jesse if she's part of the team and she's like trip is my thesis advisor at the university 
and he asked her to assist with him in this project. And so Mulder picks up a pack of papers and asks if those are Trepkos's notes. And Jesse confirms is what he left of them. The first thing Trepkos did was like destroy all his own work, his field journals, his computer disk, everything. They salvaged what they could, but she doubts there's much in the papers that Mulder has. But as he's flipping through them, he sees a note that says, new life form. So... Yeah. And we also saw a door that says sample room do not contaminate earlier. So mm -hmm. a new life form is like not really a surprise. But so going for the ice idea. So Tanaka is bare. He's sweaty. He's obviously not well. And no one seems to notice. I'm thinking Ludwig might be Denny. So sorry, Ludwig, you're going to die. And then so I think Jesse is De Silva. There's something going on there that I'm not know what's going on and so then maybe pierce's hodge especially like in my rewrite where hodge is like in on it and is there to collect a sample by any means necessary that might be working but trepkos is kind of a new element so i'm still not i still think he's the villain but they're being kind of tricky by throwing this wild card in there i'm not sure what's yeah going on. i will say i do like that um they do mention like you know he's got bipolar but when he takes his meds he's fine i thought that was good like they're not just blaming, you know. <laughs> I know that Ludwig's then will like his wife might disagree with that, which if he murdered Erickson, then yes. I mean, but it's probably not because of bipolar people murder for other reasons. Well, I just thought that was like throwing shade of like, like Oh no, I thought it was just like that the wife might disagree because he's dead, because Trepko killed then him. She's all like, I'm his he's my thesis advisor. Oh no, so, they're yeah. obviously sleeping together. 100%. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah so. It's so clear. But like no, I don't I, I don't thought, think I just thought he was throwing shade at Jesse. Oh, okay. I thought here. it was just uh well, he's no. a murderer, so who cares basically is what I thought it was, but maybe maybe he's jealous, maybe he's in love with Trepkos. Maybe everyone is kind of weird in this episode. Everyone's so. very high strung. And I think Mulder and Scully even comment on that. They do. And how high strung everyone is. They don't seem to realize that they've been in a situation exactly like this before where everyone is super high strung and make any connection to it. Well, it's, that's yeah. one of those things that happens on TV that we've talked about where, like, we know the characters have been in a really similar situation and they never bring it up. And it's so weird to me because, like, it feels like there should be a line of dialogue like, hey, this is just like when we were in the forest with those bugs or this is just like when we were in the outpost in with the little worms. And it's like they never do that. And I don't know why, because, like, as a fan of the show, we're both like, um... Yeah. you guys were here and, before and maybe it's a like we don't want to alienate like new viewers who haven't mm -hmm. seen the previous one especially like probably you know, at this time if you didn't see it you're basically screwed until you get lucky and it comes on in a rerun right right you um, can't download you know, or, it or you know a friend who like recorded it and has a vhs copy or or betamax so yeah yeah so that that could be part of it too but it does it mm -hmm. does feel really weird it is weird because you would expect them to like but i mean it's just the thing tv does it all the time and it always drives me crazy because i always want I feel like they should say something and they never do. <laughs> I get that's how TV is. It always bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so then we're in the forest and Pierce was walking and he's looking for Trepkos and he hears a branch break and then a bunch of birds are all fly, 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 fly. You know, they fly away like they do in movies when something bad is going to happen. All the birds fly away. And then he's like, is anyone there? And no response. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, Pierce is probably going to die. He's probably going to die before Tanaka now. So he's probably not Hodge. Maybe he's the Denny character just not as likable so maybe right. is hodge because he is all like he's a prophet so he's maybe in on it i don't know so back inside the research station Mulder pulls scully into a small room and he asks if she thinks these people are like hyper paranoid and scully's like well they've been living in the middle of nowhere for almost a year one of them is dead probably killed by another of their team and so like of course they're in a heightened state of emotional distress and of course they're acting kind of high strung 
And Mulder thinks it's more than that. And he also says that Ludwig knew that Mulder wasn't Trepko's when he attacked him. He knew he was someone else and he still attacked. And Scully tells Mulder now he's sounding paranoid. And Mulder says they should ask Pierce what he thinks because Pierce actually knows these people. So maybe he'll have a better read on if they're acting more out of character than you might expect. Yeah. Ironically, Mulder has information that he's not sharing in this case. And then again, we just talked about like no one mentions like this feels familiar or anything what information so, is he not sharing that he saw the note about a new life oh worm. yeah 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 yeah. well yeah. <laughs> which again would be like hey remember that ice worm that made everyone super paranoid and violent maybe there's a fire version of that worm oh, i don't know yeah so, yeah so then we cut back to pierce and he is in the woods and he clears some dirt off a seismograph and then, boom, someone hits him and pushes him against a tree and, like, pulls cords around his throat from behind, oh, strangling him. And then Trepkos pulls him up against him. So, like, he's, you know, they're, like, front to back. They're kind of spooning a little bit, but not really because he's trying to strangle them. And he's got the cords around his neck. And Trepkos' face and neck are all, like, burned on one side. He looks pretty messed up. And he tells Pierce, no one can leave. And then, ah, dead. And commercial. Yeah. Yep. So Trepkos is not a good guy. <laughs> no. Just randomly murdering people who showed up. Unless Pierce is a super bad guy. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I've got my thoughts on this, but I am having some. They're they're throwing some random stuff at me and kind of mixing it up a little bit. So trying to get me. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's dark, and Mulder and Scully and the team are walking through the woods, and they're all searching for Pierce. So they're like calling out his name and looking around, and Tanaka finds his body, and he calls to the others that he found him. And then inside, Scully bends over the body, which is now wrapped in plastic. And Ludwig asks what they should do with it. And Scully's like, well, do you have a freezer? And Ludwig says yes. So she's like, okay, you know, take it to the freezer. And so Scully tells them to radio for the helicopter because she's almost done doing like, she's doing like an initial examination. She's not doing like a full autopsy. And Mulder tries to help Ludwig and Tanaka lift the body, but they're like, nope, we've got it. And so they take him out of the room toward the freezer. They really don't got it because you see them dragging. It's like it's totally like sagging in the middle. Of the oh, yeah. No. Kind of like head up, feet up, and they're just kind of like dragging him. They kind of don't have him, but okay, whatever. Yeah. So then Mulder is like, Scully, we can't leave yet because she was like, radio. Like, why they didn't do again, why they didn't do that to begin with because they're like, they requested an evac a long time ago. Anyway, and he's like, Trepkos is still out there. We can't leave. And Scully's like, he killed Pierce and he probably killed Erickson. And so they should come back for him when they have a larger team to try and find him. Right. And then he says, he's been going through what he can of Trepkos's work. And he's found several references to a new subterranean organism from the inside of the volcano. He's like, I haven't found a description of it yet. And Scully's like, Oh, no nope. end of conversation. Nothing could live inside a volcano due to the intense heat and toxic gases. And then he shows her a diagram and says that it shows the metabolism of hydrogen sulfide into silicone dioxide. And Mulder's like, that suggests the existence of a silicone-based life form. And Scully's like, the only life that we know of has carbon. That's what life is. And yeah, so all known life, yes. But she also didn't think something could live in ice for a million years or in trees for a million of years. And she's seen DNA printouts for life forms that don't match known life and the discovery of hydrothermal life on the ocean floor that didn't match known life at the time was discovered in 1977. So like, just stop Scully. Stop with your, I know all the things. Cause you don't. 
No, but she has to be the skeptic. So she it keeps to be being proved back. that she doesn't know all the things. And she no, she, she doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, she's got to push back against Mulder because otherwise Mulder's just, I don't know, getting confirmation. Otherwise, I would have nothing to, why well, I would have something to complain about. But that's true. Because I will, no matter what. That's just how I am. So, <laughs> yes. So Mulder says that silicone reacts like carbon in almost every way and that silicone-based life is kind of the holy grail of modern science and maybe Trebkos found it. And Scully thinks it's science fiction. And Trebkos's notes say he has evidence and Mulder wants to find it. And Scully's like, well, if he had it, he's destroyed it because look at look around, look at what he's done. And Mulder kind of wonders if maybe one of the others destroyed all the evidence. And Scully asks why they do that. And Mulder's like, I don't know. He kind of shakes his head. And she says that all the researchers are suffering from varying degrees of PTSD. And from a strictly medical point of view, they basically need to get everyone out of here sooner rather than later. Again, they, they did call for an emergency yeah. evacuation. So that, that no one has yet done. I, again, yes. that was the plan. But anyway, I don't know. And like, okay, so I know that Mark Snow has done the score for the show and they reuse bits and pieces of it over and over as they fit. That's how scores work for TV. Mm -hmm. um, I love his music. I think he does a really good job. But the music between these scenes is the exact same eerie music from Darkness Falls, which I think I know because we had pulled a video of like something where it shows like a UFO in the sky and so that music's playing. And so I think I just have, have it kind of ingrained in my brain, but just hearing that music between scenes kind of popped me out a little because it's the exact same music of like, uh, and I don't know, just something to note. Yeah, see, and that's where you are like the X-Files like person for sure. And I'm just like, oh, it's X-Files music. And of course, it's just the X-Files music. I didn't notice that it was like oh, the same yeah. exact No, it's music. the I mean, eerie yeah. stuck in the forest darkness falls music that they play. So, <laughs> Yeah. And then also, again, like Scully describes exactly what she also thought was the cause of the deaths in Alaska like 25 episodes ago. Like she, they're all suffering from PTSD and that probably caused them to do this and this. And it's like exactly the same thing she said last time. Yeah. Well, that's not what caused their deaths. That's why they have to get them out of there because they're still alive. Right. But I'm saying that's what that was her excuse for why that might have happened in Alaska. Also. Yeah. So which was a reasonable theory at the time until they found the worms. Apologist. Anyway. Yeah. So Jesse... Scully. <laughs> team Scully. <laughs> I'm just team good writing. Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, all right, Jesse is in a room crying, and Scully knocks on the door and is like, can I talk to you? And Jesse's like, I hate this place. And Scully's like, what happened? And so Jesse doesn't answer, and then she's like, you can trust me, just talk to me. And so Jesse's like, after the first descent, Trepko's changed. He became withdrawn and paranoid. He locked himself in the lab for three days and wouldn't let any of the others in. And Scully's like, do you think the descent triggered this breakdown? And she's like, that's what I thought. But then I found this. And she hands like a gigantic bottle of pills to Scully. And is like, he stopped taking his medicine. He says they were polluting his brain and that I was polluting his body. And anyway, she's like, I'm scared. And she doesn't want to die there. And then Scully's like, well, what are you afraid of? And she's like, Daniel. Again, they're like, they say it like, you should know. Why are you asking me? And then like, he promised her this would be a life-changing adventure. But now she just wants to go home. And Scully's like, where's home? And she's like, anywhere but here. So she's not happy. Yeah. 
That's a I do thing. think that the giant bottle of pills is because they're there for a year, but yeah, it's a big <laughs> bottle. It's oh, like I huge. Guess, I guess that is too. Although, <laughs> although they obviously can get like supplies of some supplies kind. Supplies yeah. a problem. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a really big bottle. Yeah. So then Mulder is listening to Trepkos's audio field journal, and he says that samples twelve and twenty-two also contain trace evidence of the organism. Ooh, and the possibility of this new. Or, quote-unquote, unfathomably old life form has left him sleepless. And he wonders if his intense desire to find the truth might have eclipsed the truth itself. He says his mind is a tangled knot he can no longer untie. And Mulder flips open a file that has a photo of Daniel Trepkos and the tape runs out. And also that line about intense desire to find the truth definitely sounds relevant to someone we might know. I'm just spitballing here. Hmm. seems like it might I mean relate. i am i am a fan of the truth i will say yes um, you don't have to like beat all subtle about it you can just call oh. me out it's fine no no i was i meant i meant molder oh <laughs> oh oh okay yeah all right. Sorry. <laughs> okay yeah so and we say like he's listening to the tape but like because the tapes have all been busted he's like running it through a machine and like putting it back on a reel because it's like just all tangled up on the floor yeah he's like he's, untangling like, running, the tape yeah and, like... he's running through the machine as he's listening to it yeah and then it just there's a break in the tapes so that's why it stops so yeah and then he's studying some more notes when the building starts to shake so Mulder runs to the lab and he finds Tanaka at the computer and Ludwig is nearby, and he's like, what caused the tremor? And I'm like, Mulder, like you're on a <laughs> volcano. What do you think caused the tremor? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, aliens? Uh, I don't it know. Could be, yeah. It could be. It could be aliens. It could be aliens, yep. And Tanaka's like, there's been a lot of seismic activity on the Northeast Rift Zone. But his voice is all kind of like, he, he sounds kind of like Tori sometimes when we record. Yeah, exactly. No, I wrote in my notes, like, that's his voice is craggy and rough, like mine, every time we're trying to record. Yeah, I'm not throwing shade at Tori. She wrote that in the notes. I so, did write yes. that. Yeah. No, yeah. it is true. It's definitely yeah. felt like, oh, I relate to that. Yeah. And so Ludwig is all like, if Trepkos hadn't destroyed all our instruments, we might be able to learn what's going on. And he like throws a piece of junk like to the side. And then Tanaka starts coughing and Mulder's like, are you feeling okay? And he's like super sweaty. So finally somebody was like, oh, this guy might be sick. He's been coughing and sweaty all the time. Whoa. And then he's like, Scully's a medical doctor. She can check you out. And he's like, no, I don't need any help. So he gets up and Mulder's like, no, dude, you need to like whatever and so he gets up at Mulder's face and then he falls over so Mulder runs to get Scully and Ludwig picks up Tanaka and says like she'll help you she'll help you and Tanaka's like I don't want her to help me so yeah weird (laughs) well to be fair like I don't know I feel like if I'm coughing, usually, well, usually if I'm coughing it's because I can't drink water or something and I swallow it weird but like I'm like I don't need help I'm fine but yeah he's really aggressively doesn't want Scully near him and Mulder and Scully run in and Ludwig has gotten Tanaka up on the table and says that he's burning up and Scully kind of looks at him, but obviously she can't tell if it's an infection or some kind of toxic reaction or what's going on. Cause she doesn't know. Um, but either way, they basically need to get him to a hospital. So Mulder says they can't just leave Trepkos out there, but Scully asks for his radio and he hands it over kind of begrudgingly and while he and Ludwig get Tanaka onto a stretcher, Scully radios the search and rescue team for a medevac. And she tells Mulder she'll meet them at the landing site. Yeah. So all this time, they could have sent people away at any point while they finished looking for all this stuff. And they didn't, which is like. Which we knew because that's why they're there. So it's I weird know. that they're it's spending like... 
I think it's because Mulder, and this is exactly what we just talked about, he's so determined to find this like life form or this truth in Trepkos's research and find Trepkos himself that he's like not thinking about the fact that they should just get everyone out and then worry about it because he just that's not how he works. Yeah, he is a little is it's, it's a little bit like Ice too, where he didn't want to like like you want remember at the end he wanted to go back to the site to like find out what was going on and they're like nope sorry yeah um, he was more interested in that so I get that in this way it's it's actually kind of Mulder who was like no we're not going to call him back but still like you question the people you could have sent some of them back and then like you could have like had like hey send some more agents so we can find this guy who's killing people and they drop the agents off and then the other people get on the helicopter and leave i mean the way things are going is probably a good thing they didn't do that but still they could have done that yeah which would have been if i were jesse or any of these people that's what i would want i'd be like just get me out of here but yeah that's yeah because then like the people get evacuated they go to like the fbi the fbi like fully questions them right like Mulder and scully have kind of questioned them a little bit they like basically get like you know quarantined or whatever to find out like what's going on and they get questions heavy if they get any information they contact Mulder and scully and let them know what's going on and then also, they've got agents who are now there to help them do what they need to do, like find Trepkos and stuff. Right. They could have solved this. <sighs> Maybe they're worried about resources. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. it's not a great plan. No. So Mulder and Ludwig are carrying Tanaka down a hall on a stretcher. And Tanaka's like struggling to breathe. And then Mulder's looking down at him. And his throat is like all... And like there's veins popping out. And there's something like basically like trying to get out of his throat. Yeah, like under his skin. Yeah. Hmm. 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 I mean, front instead of back, but still. Hmm. So Scully knocks on Jesse's door and she tells her that Tanaka collapsed and they're going to get him out. And Jesse looks really uncertain. Like for someone who's desperate to leave, she just kind of stares at Scully like, okay, like, why are you telling me this? And it's like, because you're (laughs) trying to leave. Get your stuff. Come on, girl. Yeah. But now she's like, I don't know if I want to leave. Yeah. So outside, it's raining and the ground is muddy, and Tanaka rolls off the gurney, and it's not like he rolls off on mistake, like by mistake. Like he, he actively like rolls off and jumps off the gurney and like runs around the side of the building. So they chase after him, and he heads into the forest, and he's running, and he trips and falls down this embankment, and they spot him as he's like he rolls down the hill, and they spot him as he rolls over, and he starts to choke on something, and something's moving around under the skin of his throat. And Ludwig tries to run down to help him, but Mulder like holds, like puts an arm out and stops him and like holds him back. And he's like, you're not going down there. And Ludwig is like, he needs our help. And Mulder shines a light on Tanaka's throat as something bursts through the skin like a weed. It's like a, it's like an alien. Maybe. From Alien. Yeah. And it's asparagus. He ate too much asparagus and it split out of his throat. <laughs> it's asparagus, a giant asparagus. So. And then we have a commercial. Yeah. Cut to commercial. Yeah. 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 This is where I have trouble a little bit. And I thought about this, like you could, you, you, and you actually mentioned like, it's kind of like the alien in alien, like if that was a plant and I'm like, I think, I think maybe that's why I'm not a big alien fan. Like the first movie was great. The second movie, it was, people love the second movie aliens, right? It's pretty good as a non, it's just like a basic sci-fi movie. But I think my big problem with alien and aliens is that you would start having severe physical problems if something that size was inside of you trying to get out before it burst out. Yeah, no, you absolutely would. And especially, especially... in their throat, that yeah. thing is like that thing is a good like inch and a half thick, 
right? Like a diameter of a good inch, two inches thick. And it's like burst out of their throat. And it's a good, maybe what, like eight to 12 inches long. It's like giant mutant asparagus. Yeah. If that was inside of you and trying to burst out, you'd be having some more problems and just be like, oh, I got a cough. Yeah, coughing in. I mean, it would make you cough and struggle to breathe, but yeah, it would definitely do yeah. more than that, probably. Yeah. So that's my that's my problem with Alien too. Is like if something burst out of your chest that was that size. I mean, yes, it's relatively small compared to what it's going to become, but like it's a good size to be in your body, and then you not have any problems until it's actually trying to like get out. You would know something was going on before that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I also like the fact that like it's totally raining and they're waiting for the helicopter. So instead of like waiting inside the building, like right at the door for the helicopter, it's like we're going to go outside and wait outside in the rain with this <laughs> sick dude for the helicopter. And then he rolls off and runs away. That was a good plan. Yeah, not a, not a great plan. Yeah. So Tanaka's body is in an isolation chamber and it's covered with plastic. And Ludwig and Jesse are kind of looking at him mournfully. Well, Mulder asks Scully what it is. And the thing sticking out of Tanaka's neck looks like a plant or a mushroom, or as we've discussed, it kind of looks like asparagus. Yeah, giant asparagus, yep. And Scully is studying it under a microscope, and she says it appears to be some kind of fungus. And then Mulder looks through the microscope, and he asks what he's looking at. And she tells him that they're spores that she scraped off the tip of the growth. And it appears that one of the spores grew inside Tanaka until it reached maturity. And Scully says by the time it burst out, it would have caused massive tissue damage, particularly to the lungs. So it is doing stuff. But yeah, it does feel like he'd be doing more than coughing. Yeah. And Mulder says that would account for the sand in his lungs. And Ludwig is like, you found sand in his lungs? And Mulder says, yeah, it was like silicon dioxide, which is the waste product of a silicon-based life form. And Ludwig says there's no such thing. But Scully says maybe now there is. We just won't have conclusive proof until we examine the molecular structure. Yeah, so now she's kind of maybe coming around, but then she's also like, but we won't know until we get evidence. So, yeah, which I, I grant, yeah, you need evidence for you decide something's true, but still, anyway. So Mulder <laughs> and everyone else watching the episode is like, come on, Scully, how else do you explain the sand in his lungs? Trepkos was right. And Jesse is like, Daniel knew about this. And Mulder's like, Trepkos discovered the spores and the samples the Firewalker had brought up. And so Jesse shakes her head and she's like, he would have told us. And Mulder's like, not if he felt the implications were too much for even him, which is maybe why he snapped. And then Scully says the spores might explain Trepkos's dementia. They contain alkaloids that can affect the nervous system. And Ludwig asks, like, what about them? Why weren't they? Ex- or, you know, they weren't exposed to it. And Scully's like, well, we don't know that. If it's an airborne microbe, it could have infected any of them. They could all be infected. And Jesse realizes they're not going home. So she like walks away. And Scully's like, well, we're not going home until we figure out how it spreads and how it incubates. And we can't risk spreading it to a larger population. And I feel like I've heard that before. Like ice, ice, maybe. But anyway. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. No, no, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah. And I like the idea that like Trepkos, who wouldn't even speak to them for three solid days, would have told her if they had he'd found like these spores. Like, I mean, it seems like when he is willing to talk, he's willing to tell them everything. But clearly, like he was hiding in the lab, not letting any of them in. So he was hiding something. Yeah. They're painting a really big like picture yes. for Trepkos. Like he's like he's manic or he's very like reclusive and, you know, locked away. Yeah. Um, so Jesse walks away and Mulder radio search and rescue and they're like in a holding pattern, I guess, above the research base. 
And Mulder asked them to notify FBI headquarters in Spokane that their party is quarantining themselves due to a possible contagion. And he tells them to have the CDC set up an evacuation on high alert. And the rescuer asks what the nature of the contagion is, and he and Scully kind of share a look. And finally, he says it's a biological agent of unknown origin. And then Scully suggests that Ludwig should check on Jesse. So Ludwig leaves. I have a question. I didn't bother to look this up, but you live in Washington. So you know all things Washington, right? That's how that works, right? You live there, so you know everything about Washington. Well, I know everything, yeah, about the state, 100%. Okay, so (laughs) location-wise, Spokane and Seattle. Mm Mm-hmm. How are they related? Okay, so Seattle is kind of near the coast Mm -hmm. by the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And Spokane is all the way across the state. And there's a giant mountain range between them. And it's like a very long drive. And you have to cross this like mountain pass. So it's really far. Okay. So Seattle would be closer if they had helicoptered from Seattle. I'm guessing that that would be closer than Spokane. But again, I don't know exactly where they're supposed to be. That's why I was curious because they said they're going to Seattle and then they would fly to the location in the Cascades. But then now he's saying like call FBI headquarters in Spokane. And I'm thinking like, I'm sure Seattle has an FBI headquarters too. Yeah. More likely than Spokane does. But I was just, I was just wondering. So, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely pretty far. It's closer to Idaho than to me. So, okay. So it's on the East side. It's on the East side of the state. Okay. Okay. All right. I was just curious because I was like, wait, they previously said Seattle. Now I'm saying Spokane. So what's going on here? Yeah. So depending on where this mountain is, Seattle would make more sense, which it seems like if they helicoptered from Seattle, that would make more sense. And we actually don't know if this is in Washington or if it's in Oregon because like they were getting like sensors from Bend, which is way down in the south of Oregon. Right. I guess we're maybe thinking it's supposed to be like a stand-in for Mount St. Helens possibly. Or Mount Rainier, maybe. Yeah. Although it's more active. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so Mulder's like, I'm gonna go find Trepkos. And she's like, he could be dead by now. And Mulder's like, well, I need to try. I need to know what he knows, and I need to know what he found. Because what he found could change everything we know about the origin of life. And Scully points out that he's dangerous. He's already killed two men. And then we see Ludwig is listening in on this conversation, like hiding, right? He's like, he's supposed to be checking on Jesse, but he's actually like listening to what Mulder and Scully are saying. Mm -hmm. And Scully suggests that she should go with him for safety, but he refuses. And she's like, you need to trust that I'm back and I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen to me. And he's like, no, I need for you to finish the autopsy on Tanaka. And he's like, I'm counting on you to keep all of them from ending up on that slab. Like you need to be here and protect everybody if something happens. And then he leaves and Scully puts her hand glove thing. Cause he's got like the, you know, the isolation chamber. She's the one where you put your hands in the gloves yeah, and then you can manipulate the stuff inside. And she pulls the plastic off of Tonka's body. Cause it's inside there, but it also was still wrapped in the plastic. Right. So, so then Ludwig is talking to Jesse and they're having like a secret, like whispered conversation. And he's like, do like we said, Okay. And this will come up again. I'm going to throw a pin in this. Okay. So Mulder comes downstairs and tells them he could use some help. And so Jesse walks away and Ludwig asks what he needs. And Mulder says he needs directions, a map, a survey, anything that can help him get to a place. And he hands Ludwig photos of the place he wants to go. And Ludwig says that's the steam caves that feed into the crater. And it's how they access the caldera. And he asks how Mulder got them. And Mulder says that Firewalker transmitted them right before Trepkos destroyed the camera. And Ludwig is like, oh, you're finally going after Trepkos? And Ludwig says he's not going to find him with those photos or any map. And Mulder's like, well, 
how can I? And Ludwig says, you need a guide. And Ludwig has spent months in those caves. So if Trebkos is there, he can find him. And Mulder's like, why are you so eager? And Ludwig says he doesn't want to wait around for Trepkos to kill him. Besides, Mulder has a gun. So if they can get Trepkos, maybe they can get out of this place. Yep. 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 And Caldera, that's like the the lava spot in the center of the volcano. Is that what a caldera is? I believe so. Okay. I mean, they mention it. Uh, we're supposed to assume. So, yeah, I, I I've actually been on an active volcano in Hawaii. I went to like this oh. volcano tour and I got to walk around and like there's all this sulfur steam coming out of it. And then you get to like see the, um, you get to like look over into the caldera. There's like a lookout point. It's really cool. It was really it's awesome. Like, it's like the magma pool, right? Kind of thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. So a, I just looked at a caldera is a large volcanic crater, especially one formed by a major eruption leading to the collapse of the mouth of a volcano. So it's like something that happens after a volcano has exploded. Okay. So it's but just it, a crater. It could have lava or magma yes. or whatever you want to call it, but not necessarily. Okay. Yes, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I was say I'm probably like throwing terms around and people who like know this stuff would be like, magma <laughs> and lava are totally different and yeah screaming so. at the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. a volcano expert. I went on one volcano tour, so I'm not like, no, a and volcanologist. Hey, I can't complain if someone's screaming at the podcast because I'm doing something incorrect because that's exactly what I do on this show. <laughs> so I can't really complain about that. So, and as I've yeah. said before, I'm wrong a lot. So it happens. So Ludwig and Mulder head into the steam caves and they're walking. And Mulder's like, Is what I'm smelling toxic? And Ludwig's like, Oh, it's just heat and sulfur. Like it can be pretty nasty, but it won't hurt you. And I'm thinking, like, you guys think there's a spore that could be like infecting people. You might want masks even just because of that. Like you don't know where this came from. But yeah. Anyway. So the cave extends about three quarters of a mile into the crater rim. There are lots of dead ends and blind drops. And so it's really easy to get lost. Or if there's blind drops, I'm thinking it's also easy to die because you just fall. Yeah. But anyway, so Mulder stops to look around and then a flare comes flying down the cave and hits Ludwig in the back. And he's like, ah! and he falls to the ground and he's dead. And Mulder runs over to check him. And yeah, again, he's dead, right? He convulses and boom, dead. And then Trepkos comes walking out from the corridor of the cave and he's got a flare gun pointing at Mulder and commercial. <laughs> yeah. And at first, so when that happened, I saw it like it shoots out and I'm like, ooh, death by Roman candle. And I thought it was kind of funny because like, oh, they're using like a Roman candle or something like that to like, you know, for special effects. But then I was like, oh my God, like maybe like the involved form of the asparagus monster like shoots fire. That is freaking cool. So I was kind of excited. And then like, Trepkos walked out with a flare gun and I was like, oh, flare gun. And I was kind of disappointed <laughs> a little bit, but I was thinking like we were going to get like a, like a spitting monster beast. Like maybe even Trepkos was like mutated and like could like shoot fire out of his throat or something. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, oh, cool. But no, he had a flare gun. So. Yeah, I thought he was like a sorcerer throwing fireballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, just, it, looked, it just looked totally funny. Like someone, it looked, I mean, it's a, it was a flare, right? So that makes sense. Yeah. But like, it just looked like someone shot a Roman candle. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But yeah, so I went through all the emotions in that scene of like, between, like <laughs> laughter and then like got excited. And then I'm like, oh, this is going to flare again. All right. That makes sense. Fine. All right. I'm not going to get a cool fire spitting monster with bad special effects. Damn, that would have been awesome. Okay. Yeah. Even with the bad special effects, that would have been that kind of would have been awesome. I mean, I probably would have made fun of like the monster costume or something, too. But it would have been interesting, at least. So, yeah. So Trepkos holds the flare gun on Mulder while he takes Mulder's gun. And Mulder basically raises his hands like, don't shoot me. 
And Trebkos tells Mulder to get back. And then he pours lighter fluid over Ludwig's body. And Mulder's like, why are you doing this? He's already dead. And then Mulder sees something bulging out of Ludwig's throat. And Trebkos is like, it's not him I'm trying to kill. And he lights a flare and he drops it on the body and the body burns and Mulder watches. Yeah. I'm curious. I don't know really how I've had flares. I don't think I still have them because they expired and I got rid of them from like an auto like toolkit kind of thing. But obviously the flares you put in a gun are different than the flares. You just like boom light and like put by the side of the road. But I wonder if you can also do that with the ones you put in a gun or if he has different flares. I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't know. Because like he also has a flare gun, but then he also just like boom pops the top and you got a flare and that's what he uses to light the body on fire. So I wasn't sure. I am thinking like walking around with a bunch of flares and lighter fluid in a volcano might explain why he's all burned up looking (laughs) because that's probably not a good idea. And he's kind of no. got like a little John McClane vibe going on with like the battle damage and he's wearing like the little vest, little undershirt. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the burns and stuff are supposed to be from when he was dumping Erickson's body in the, in like in the, the you know, maybe. Yeah. Where it was all yeah. like hot. Cause Scully said it was really hot. So maybe he fell and burned himself or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good, look. it's good makeup. It's a good look. It's not, it's a good look. I mean, it's Bradley no. Whitford. So he's not a bad looking guy. He's really young in this. This is before he's Josh he looked, Lyman. He looks, I'll tell you what, he looks a lot better in like John McClane mode than he did. And even in the photo that Mulder has of him, than he did in the news broadcast where he had that little scraggly beard kind of thing going on. Yeah. He, looked, oh, he didn't look good in that. Yeah. But, no, but he looks pretty good as like John yeah. McClane scientist. Ragged, yeah. Ragged scientist. Die hard on a volcano kind of action. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> rough and ragged volcanologist tonight yep. on the x-files that's right <laughs> all right so scully is in the lab and she is doing science and she yes, picks she up her is. tape recorder and she <laughs> says she... <laughs> oh, that's funny <laughs> all right anyway sorry and she says she's attempted to culture the spore using different temperatures and mediums including like blood and spit and sweat and like all this kind of stuff right and different proteins and like different temperatures between like the basal body temperature and the temperatures of the volcano so she's done all these and she's done like seven i think she wasted like all seven tests nothing has successfully grown in the fungus and so she believes that unless the spores are ingested or inhaled immediately upon their release they become harmless they're effectively dead it's just like breathing like dirt right, right. It's like breathing sand so then she goes to Jesse's door and she knocks on the door and there's no answer and it's locked. And she's like, Jesse, Jesse. And so finally Jesse's like, what? And I don't know if she says it like that, but that's what the notes say. So that's what I'm like, oh, and Scully thought she would like to know that the chances are really good that none of them were infected. And then as she's saying that inside her room, Jesse is like coughing and we see her throat and it's all gross and she's feeling it. And so she's infected. So through the yeah. door scully tells her they were probably all at a safe distance when tanaka spore exploded she just needs to run a few more tests and then she thinks it's going to be okay and so as soon as Mulder and Ludwig get back they can leave and then we see like jesse's throat is all blah 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 so like scully is awesome at science because she is batting like a zero percent this episode right like, although to be fair we will learn that she did not get infected from tanaka so she's not wrong about that no but she's like <laughs> none of you are infected you're all good and, and while, as she's saying that the girl's like looking in her throat and there's like a thing trying to jump out of it so yeah, yeah that's, no, that's what you want to hear correct. that is what you want to hear <laughs> so back in the caves Mulder asked trepkos what went wrong 
And Trepko says Firewalker brought up something huge. And Mulder asks Trepkos what he thinks it is. And Trepko says it holds some truths best left buried. And then Trepkos asks who he is, and Mulder tells him he's with the FBI. He came here to investigate Erickson's death. But Trepko says that's not why he's here. And Mulder's like, you're right. I want to know what happened after the first descent and what you found. And Trepko says he found a porous thing that was sort of like obsidian, but it was porous, obviously. And he had Erickson break it open, and they discovered a spore. And Trepkos was too immersed in his work to notice that, like, Erickson, I guess, was sick. Like, apparently it's not that obvious. And he'd been in the lab for three days by himself when he heard their screams. And he says that the entire research team was gathered around Erickson. And by the time Trepkos realized what was happening, it was too late. And Trepkos says that it's a parasite that lives to find a host. So basically when Erickson died, everyone else was like surrounding him and Trepkos wasn't near him. Yeah. And they just got sprayed with spore. Yeah. Yep. He also like Mulder asked him like what it is. And he goes into this story about like the blind man and the elephant and Mulder just lets him talk. And I've been like, hey, like I heard the story. I don't need like, can you just get to the point? I don't need your like story here about right. like, what you found so, again with the drama kind of. Yeah. Oh, he's super yeah. melodramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Mulder realized that Trepkos wasn't infected but that he destroyed his work and killed Pierce so that no one could leave because they don't want the infection to get out into the world. So Mulder asked about Jesse if she was exposed. And he just told you that everyone was exposed. But anyway, Trepico says they were all exposed. He repeats it. And Mulder says, I have a friend who's with Jesse right now and I need to go help her because she's there and they're all infected. Right. And Trepico says like, she's already, she's probably already infected. And Mulder's like, Oh, I'm going to go. And Trepico's is like, no, you're not. And he puts the gun on Mulder. And Mulder's like, well, then you're going to have to shoot me because I'm walking out of here. Yeah. Which, I mean, we're going to find out that Trepico's doesn't shoot Mulder. No. Nope. Um, which, if he was really firm in his beliefs, he would have killed Mulder. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. No, that's not wrong. Yeah. So back in the lab, Scully's doing more tests when the power cuts out. So Scully gets a flashlight and she calls for Jesse and she gets no response. And she finds the fuse box and tries flipping the fuses, but it doesn't do anything. So she closes the fuse box and Jesse's right there looking super creepy and it startles her. And then Scully's like, are you okay? And Jesse starts to choke and she lunges at Scully and then she handcuffs them both together. Yeah. So one, again, we're getting to my reaction video. My first thought was like, okay, Power would not kill the Bunsen burner because she was using the Bunsen burner and she actually had it like turned up this time. Like when we've seen it before, she had it like almost as like an open flame. I guess maybe because she was trying to do like the lower temperature stuff. But this time she has like blue flame, like proper Bunsen burner technique and is like cranking it up. Right. And when the power goes out, that wouldn't kill the gas. Right. And then she just like gets up and gets the flashlight and leaves. And I'm like, that's not safe. No. <laughs> but in the scene, you don't hear the Bunsen burner once the power goes out, and you don't see the light. So I'm thinking they had just killed it. I'm going to be proved wrong. But then I'm also, my other thought was like, where did Jesse get handcuffs? Oh, I know where she had got the handcuffs from, because her and Chapto's were... Sir, that is none of your business. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have handcuffs and leg cuffs, and I am not a police officer. So there, yes, yeah. I was young once, too. What Jesse and Trip Coast do on their own time is on their own time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I am doing a little bit of transference onto Jesse with my own. But yes, I was like, oh, I know where she got the handcuffs from. Okay. Yeah. So anyway.
So then we see Mulder running through the woods towards the research facility. So he didn't get shot. That's good. Because if he got shot, that would probably ruin the episode and probably the series. I am definitely make it more depressing. That's true. Yep. So Scully pushes Jesse against the table and she uses a hammer to try and break the chain between the cuffs. She basically wants to get away before the spores like explode out of Jesse and it doesn't work. And the spores like getting bigger and bulging under the skin. So Scully like picks Jesse up and takes her into the lab and like Jesse's coughing this whole time and struggling to breathe. So she's probably easier to maneuver than she otherwise would be. Cause she's yeah. Cause she like throws her over her shoulder. Yeah. She and, like, picks just her walks up with her. Yeah. And so she ends up putting her into a contained area. I think it's like a storage room or something. And it's got like glass walls and a glass door. And she like puts Jesse in there and closes the door around the handcuff chain and then like ducks around the side. And then she turns away as the spores explode out of Jesse. Yeah. It needs to be a room with a glass wall thing so that Jesse can get up against it and be like, oh, oh, oh. And it makes the thing explode out of her neck yeah. and see the spore. Yeah. So it's got to be, you got to have that kind of thing. I mean, that goes into planning when you're building a, you know, an isolated facility. You got to have cool places where bad things can happen people can die and have things burst out of them dramatically yeah so this is that pin i put in earlier when like ludwig and jesse had like a plan like do like i say what was their plan i have no idea like was the plan to handcuff scully to her and infect her are these like asparagus monster spore things somehow affecting their brains and sentient and planning or was the plan for jesse to just stay in her room until he got back like I don't know. It bothered me a lot. I was like, what was their whole plan? <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, the whole, I mean, like, there are parasites that make their hosts behave in certain ways that are beneficial to the parasite, right? Right. There are ones that will make them go towards water because then when it, like, gestates or whatever, like, it'll expel itself into water because where it breathes for it catches another host. But this is, like, really higher brain functioning, like, making a plan to, like, infect people possibly which seems kind of yeah so i don't think maybe i mean so i don't know like if that was supposed to be the plan because they were it's just weird to have that in there because it's like it sounds like they're scheming but then it seems weird that this would be their scheme yeah because she's intentionally trying to not let scully get away so that scully gets infected right so like i mean that's why she handcuffed her to her yeah so you're thinking that's gotta be the parasite the asparagus monster inside but yeah, I mean, I mean, you're kind of pretending this cohesive story here. So yes, I do that a lot. <laughs> I do have to say, but to that, hooray! When she's fighting with Jesse, and she did, you said she uses a hammer. She's actually using that pickaxe tool kind of thing, trying to yeah bust the handcuffs. The Bunsen burner is there, and we see it, and we hear it. I'm not sure why we suddenly like can hear it now, and we couldn't like when the power went out. But they are so they're do- they're doing science good. I mean, it's still dangerous. She shouldn't. She should have turned that off when she left because that's not good. But yeah. Anyway. Although I guess she's got bigger problems now that she's handcuffed to a. Well, you got bigger problems. The place burns down too. That's that's not a great. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, anyway, but yeah. So they did good. Yeah. Messed, <laughs> maybe messed a couple things up, and then got at least something that's really minor and detail oriented, but made me happy. So hey. Great. Right, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then Mulder rushes in because we saw last we saw he was running towards the research facility and she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she's still handcuffed to Jesse, obviously. So she's like slumped against the door with like her hand up in the air because it's like it's still attached to Jesse. Jesse's in the room, dead with a big asparagus sticking out of her neck. And so Mulder pulls out handcuff key, click, gets Scully out, right? And she was like, Jesse was infected, but I don't know how because she couldn't have been infected from Tanaka because she wasn't even there, right? Right. 
And then Mulder lets you know that Erickson was the original host. He was patient zero. And when the fungus spread to its spores, like everyone was there except for Trepkos. And Scully asks, like, if he found him, and he, like, nods, and then at that moment, Trepkos walks in. And he puts the gun down, and he looks through the glass at Jesse's body, and he's all, I told her this would change your life. He wasn't wrong. But then Mulder radios for search and rescue, and someone in Biohazard answers the radio, and they're like, how many are in your party? Mulder looks, Scully looks at Trepkos, and he's like, two, two survivors. And then they're like, okay. And then Skull is like, what are you doing? They'll want to question Trepkos. And Mulder's like, he's not going to talk. And then Trepkos is just all like looking at the glass, looking at Jesse. So, yeah. I mean, again, I, I realize the plan is not for Trepkos to survive, but like it is really weird. It's like, what's he going to do? Just go live inside the volcano? <laughs> Maybe he's going to be volcano man. <laughs> It's just so, so weird. Anyway, I don't yeah. know. I do using Scully's theory though. Like, how did Erickson get infected? Because like just grinding up a piece of rock, like those wouldn't be fresh spores if the infection requires immediate intake upon dispersal. I realize that's just a theory. She doesn't know for sure. But if that's true, like if like if it's true that he could get it from the rock, then in theory, everyone should be. Well, that's Trepkos's theory, right? Trepkos thinks he got it from grinding up that's the forest. Maybe Erickson came across one of those plants. Like maybe it was under some rocks and it exploded out or something. When he oh, like they were it. like, look at this cool rock, and they moved the rock and the plants all. Yeah, because I yeah, I think you're right. If it was just embedded in a rock, it wouldn't have done anything. So yeah, yeah. I don't think all we'll right. ever know how Erickson. Well, we know where you're infected. right for this episode is going. Okay. <laughs> yes. So we see a biological hazard team inside the research center and they're like spraying stuff down and putting things into yellow hazard bins. And obviously they're wearing like hazmat suits mm -hmm. and Mulder's voiceover tells us that he and Scully are on the third day of a month long quarantine, which none of us can relate to in this year of 2021. And so far Mulder and Scully are without any symptoms of fungal contamination and Mulder says that the biohazard team confiscated the field notes and samples before allowing them to leave. So basically they have no evidence. They have nothing. And the USGS won't have much left when they're finally allowed to collect it. So basically the United States Geological Survey is going to be able to come in and get their stuff. But the way that the hazard team is spraying stuff down and collecting everything, there's not going to be anything left. It's going to be an empty shell of a building that's been like decontaminated. Yeah. So this cleanup team is not part of the usgs right it's someone else mm -hmm. and so all access routes to mount avalon have been sealed off and there are no future plans to explore the insides of any of the active volcanoes in the cascade mountains yeah they they, yeah, they sealed all the caves that go into the volcano all that kind of stuff yeah yeah anyway, they really focus on the arm patch that these hazmat dudes have like we're supposed to gain some knowledge from it it looks like a little kid drew like a spark plug or a mechanical acorn over like two tobacco pipes and then there's like a really badly drawn exclamation point at the bottom and it's like what are we supposed to get some kind of like ooh conspiracy theory vibe from it it just looks like a really badly made patch i don't know like they really focus on it so like we're supposed to see it yeah it's like the whole frame of this of one scene like you they focus in on the dude's arm and hold it there for a second and then it goes away and but like what? yeah i don't, I don't, I don't know. know yeah so then we see trepkos is carrying jesse's body down through the steam kind of like like frankenstein carrying the bride of frankenstein oh no and then they're going down the caldera 
And then Mulder tells us that they are the only two people that remain unaccounted for. So we're still got Mulder's voiceover and they are presumed dead. And the search for them has been abandoned. The firewalker robot was recovered and like they're walking past. He's walking past the firewalker robot when we see Trepco's Carrie and Jesse. So he walked past the firewalker robot and then we kind of focus it on the firewalker robot as he passes by. And that's when we get, he said like the robot was recovered, but it's sensory and locomotive systems were irreparably damaged and they are unable to get any data from it. Mm -hmm. And then he also says, and so of the events that occurred at Mount Avalon between the 11th and 13th of November, 1994, my notes are the only record. Yep. So a lot has happened between the start of three and now. Because in three, remember, he turns his calendar and it's November. Yeah. So maybe it was November 1st, which means three happened. And then all the events of one breath happened. And then now it's like the 11th and the 13th. Yeah. And like Scully just got back to work. She wasn't messing yeah, around. Yeah, she didn't really take a break. Well, she does say they let her out she of doesn't want to take fast. a break. They yeah. Like, yep. Yep, you've been in a possible coma for three months, and we don't know where you've been, but go back to work. Yep. No, right away. So you probably yeah. need to pay some rent. Yeah, I mean, you might have lost your place to live, whether you own it or rent it. Those payments are probably behind schedule. Well, so hopefully her family's taking care of that. I would hope. Maybe. Anyway, yeah. No, it's it's definitely a quick turnaround. So yeah, it's been a busy November. <laughs> yeah. For Mulder and Scully. And now I'm wondering, you know what I'm already thinking? Next episode, if we get a date, is it going to be like after December 13th? Because they've been in quarantine, they're in quarantine for a month. So it has to be. Oh, I'm already thinking why? ahead. I'm already planning like, are they going to mess that up? So I've already watched, watched it, it and I can't remember if there's any date stamps at all. I, I don't think there Maybe there are. I don't remember. So, yeah, we'll find out. It's going to be, it's gonna be close to Christmas time or maybe they're jumping to 1995. Right. Yeah. We don't know. So. You're probably right, though. They're probably not going to end up in a 30-day quarantine. No. And then reminder, the timestamp on the video in ICE was November 5th, 1993. And then they went to Alaska. So this has been almost exactly one year since they went to Alaska and did the exact same thing. And no one mentions the obvious similarities. So, yeah, again, it cannot hammer that home enough. It just really bugs me that you would not bring that up, considering how... Ugh, that situation would have been for some yeah time. it is really similar yeah and then i guess trepkos was like i'm gonna go live in the volcano and get rid of this corpse yeah well, he's probably not gonna live that long to be honest no but i was wrong about him being the villain i mean i'm not sure what he was really but he wasn't the villain yeah no so. he's just i mean he did kill someone who wasn't infected so but for a reason yeah well uh... he, yeah he killed well he didn't know like he like, well, that's the thing. He does have a theory of, like, who got infected. And then he does kill Pierce. So, yeah. But, I mean, he doesn't know how long Pierce has been there. And if maybe someone else died while Pierce was around. So, that's I true. get that. Yeah, he he doesn't know if Pierce is infected. But also, he's like, anyone who goes to this location needs to, can never leave. Yeah. Why he always doesn't leave. So, but if but he knows he's he not infected, I'm also thinking, like, he could have evacuated. Like, they could have ditched Jesse's body. Because, obviously, Mulder and Scully are in on letting him, like, ditch the body and go away, right? So, they're, yeah. they're fine. They could have, like, okay, let's ditch this body. Because we know the government's not great. Throw the body in the volcano. And then you can come with us. And you can have a life. And we know you're hard. So, you're not going to talk. Whatever. I mean, maybe he'll end up, like, what's his face in Ghost in the Machine and end up, like, in a federal prison forever until he does talk. But So, maybe, maybe the volcano's better than that. But... Yeah. 
I don't know. There's a lot of questions that don't get answered. Yeah. One question that can be answered, though, I think. So this is Mulder and Scully's third time being quarantined, right? Because yeah. ice, darkness falls, and then here. Have they been quarantined in any other episodes? So something happened where they were quarantined? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, you would think maybe Scully might have been quarantined after the whole possibly abducted by aliens. But anyway. But... Well, they didn't know what was wrong with her, and they had people That's in true. the room right away. So well, I don't think and I much. guess they weren't going to believe Mulder of, like, she might have been abducted by aliens. They're going to be like, right. yeah, whatever. So. Yeah. Okay. So three times. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It'll again, probably... in three episodes that are basically the same plot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll probably happen again. Again, we got to come up with a name for that type of episode because I feel like it's going to happen again. It's like the Mulder and Scully on a research base. I mean, I like Ice Ice, maybe, but there we go. Yeah. So apparently, Howard Gordon was inspired to write this episode in part due to two articles he read about Project Dante, which was a NASA robot that was created to explore volcanoes. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't exactly like that. And obviously, in part by watching Ice. I mean, didn't he write <laughs> Ice, or was that Wong and Morgan? No, that was Wong and Morgan. And okay. Wong has actually something to say about that. But I love this quote from Howard Gordon that's in the Ted Edwards book. I found it. And he where he points out what everyone is already thinking, but he thinks he's explaining it away when he's really not. He's all, quote, I know there are a lot of similarities to ice, but I think once you get beyond the similarities of a group of people in a confined space going up against a creature, there are enough differences to separate the two. End quote. I'm like, what? What did he just say? Yeah, so totally. You like keep believing that. Keep telling yourself that. That's awesome. So go find Alec Gonza because you really need a writing partner. You, you really do. I'm sorry. Your solo episodes are not great, dude. Anyway, <laughs> I just thought that quote was hilarious. Because yeah. he's like using it as an excuse why it's not the same. And basically his quote is like, these are the same. <laughs> great. I love it. <laughs> it's totally great. So James Wong in the same book, he has a comment where he's like, if a show gets to a point where it's cannibalizing its own episodes, you think there might be a problem. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, they let Howard Gordon keep writing. He, I checked. He like he writes for a lot of episodes after this. I mean, Alex Gonza does come back and he writes some episodes with Alex Gonza. He writes some with Chris Carter again, which because they are the ones who wrote. Oh man, he stole from himself too because they're the ones who wrote Darkness Falls, aren't they? I think so. I don't remember. Howard Gordon and Chris Carter. Oh, man. So he really he stole from himself, too. So he stole from them twice and then stole from himself as well. Cool. Yeah. I, mean, I think I it's just, it's a genre of locked room mysteries. The X-Files among us. Like, there's yeah. something going on. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think they did. I guess I could pull it up. Uh, Darkness Falls. Oh, no. Darkness Falls is just Chris Carter. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. So where is the, what is the Howard Gordon and Chris Carter one? Miracle Man. Okay. Miracle Man is Chris Carter and Howard Gordon. Okay. So Darkness Falls was just Chris Carter. So Chris Carter kind of stole from Morgan and Wong too. I guess maybe he figured it was cool. Like if Chris Carter can do it, I can do it too. So yeah. All right. I guess that's, you know, the boss does it. You can do it. That's cool. But yeah. yeah. But well, Wong I mean, does- James Wong does. I thought it was cool. James Wong doesn't like full on. That's the closest anyone gets to calling him out on it. Right. You know, Chris Carter actually thinks this was a very successful episode. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess Chris Carter would, but yeah. (laughs) They should have gone for the hollow earth. The hollow earth would have been awesome. 
Yeah, it would have been interesting, but that would have set up a lot of weird implications there. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. it's not like they're not going to get into weird implications in the X-Files. That's true. That yeah. is very true. I would like to know what they used when they did the exterior shot of the California Institute of Technology in the teaser, because that building looks super cool. It's got like all those slatted windows and it's got like the radar dish. It looks really sweet. But of yeah. course, no one talks about that. Like there's no mention of that site anywhere. It's kind of like the uh, the stadium that was under construction in Sleepless. Like no one <laughs> about what that like where that site was. I guess we were supposed to know. And maybe if you're in Vancouver, you automatically know what that building is too. I'm assuming it's a Vancouver building, but it, it's Probably. a really, it's a very cool looking building. It's like all the windows are slatted and there's like iron, like kind of like, I want to say bars, but that kind of implies something that it doesn't really look like, but it looks really cool. Yeah. So, but you only see it right there in the opening, but they don't mention it at all. So, but it's a cool looking building. Yep. Well, I guess we got to do ratings. Yeah. Hated yes, it. Oh, sorry. I jumped ahead. My bad. You know, I didn't hate it. I actually enjoyed this episode a lot. Like it was kind of ridiculous. And I mean, I liked Ice and I like Darkness Falls too. So um maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, you were a fan more of Ice and Darkness Falls than I was. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um it is a little ridiculous. Again, parts of the story don't make a ton of sense. Um, uh, I'm probably just overthinking things a little bit. Um, I mean, there's obviously stuff that doesn't make sense, but stuff like what was Jesse and Ludwig's plan? Like, why did we hear about them having a plan if yeah. they didn't have one? Or was the plan to, like, did Ludwig go with Mulder to try and infect him? Was that, like, mm -hmm. the sentient spore? Is it that smart for a plan? Yeah, I don't know. but then if that's the case, why did Tanaka just, like, haul ass and try to get away from everybody? Right, exactly, which is, yeah, so it doesn't make a lot of, because, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I thought it was a good episode. I love Bradley Whitford. I thought he was really good in this. He, I think he will. I mean, like I said, in the opening, he's kind of like, ooh. But I mean, later on, like I, he he makes a good John McClane. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. He's, he's Which apparently okay. everyone says he was totally miscast in this role. Huh. Well, I think probably because they're thinking of Josh Lyman, who's like the exact opposite. Yeah. And that's what he's really known for. And yeah. Yeah. Everyone talks about how great he is in the West Wing. And they say he was really miscast in this. Yeah. I mean, it was. Episode. He did this like, before did the West Wing. Fine. I, I mean, I didn't. Did good. I didn't like all the overdramatic stuff that he does, but that's not, again, like with all the Scully stuff too, that's not their fault. That's not the actor's fault. That's what, what's written for them to do. Right. That's the character um, and the character. But I think, but I think like, but as far as like playing, like, you know, again, I'm just going to keep calling him John McClane in a volcano, die hard in a volcano. Um, I think he does a good job of that. Yeah. No, I think he so. I think the he calling really is an good. action hero. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Watch the West Wing. He works really well. As well, as watching Moonlighting, you wouldn't be expecting Bruce Willis to be the action hero he is now either. So true. Yeah. True. The jokey, funny guy, right? So yeah, I don't know. I think this episode is solid. It's not amazing. It's not going to win any awards. It was entertaining. I enjoyed watching it. I think I'm going to give it a five. A five. Okay. Well, let's see. You gave. Ice and eight. Yes. And you gave Darkness Falls. Oh, you gave Darkness Falls an eight too. I thought you scored Darkness Falls a little bit lower than that. Okay. And so you gave eight, eight, and this is a five. So definitely a downgrade. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I was entertained by it. Now that we're talking about it, I'm finding a lot more issues with it. And, you know, just thinking about things. I think the longer I have to think about them, too, sometimes I'm just like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, I did think it was a solid episode. It's good. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was bad. I wasn't, like, annoyed by it, really. I was. I had questions, but otherwise, it was a solid watch. I'd watch it again. Right. If so it that, came that, on a that, marathon, I'd be all about gave, it. You gave Blood a five. Yeah. This season. So if we're going for in-season comparisons, you gave Blood a five. The only thing you've scored lower than that was three. three. <laughs> yeah. Three four. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know if three deserved that four. I'm going to have to think about that. Oh, uh, okay. So I imagine expectations are that I would go with a four because I've basically given everything a four except for two episodes this season so far. But given the fact that I found it super, if if this had been if Ice and Fallen Angel didn't exist I think this would probably get a higher rating. It might even get like maybe a, I don't know that it would get a 5. It might get a 4. It might fall into my 4 of like there was some good stuff going on but it's like this doesn't make sense, whatever. But given the repetitive nature of the story I don't think I can give it a 4. So I think it's going to get a 3. Okay. Yeah. So 5 and 3. Okay. Yeah. I also did read that a lot of people admitted that coming off of One Breath, which of course everyone loved, loved it, loved it, loved it because Scully was back. This is really a disappointment. So yeah, um, it wasn't you know, a favorite. Yeah, it's not a favorite. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed by it. Like I definitely liked watching it. I just wasn't like, it's not one of the ones where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a great X-Files episode. Everyone has to see it. It's like, that's yeah, good. It's fine. That's what it's supposed to do. I mean, I was disappointed, but only because I've already seen it twice before and I'm, I'm getting diminishing returns each time. Yeah. So like, if you're going to, if you're going to rewrite it, then make it better. Don't make it worse. Yeah. They tried, I guess that goes for everything. Like, don't succeed. make it worse. Make right. It worse. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't make it worse. It's a good rule of thumb. Don't make yeah. it worse. Don't make it worse. So I should probably just stop talking and we should do the credits because anything else I say is probably going to make it worse. <laughs> yep. So that was Firewalker. Woo. I wish there was more of the robot. I think if they had used the robot more, it would have been cooler. I don't know how they would have used the robot, but it would have been sweet. Yeah. Breaking my rule of not making it worse. I'm just going to say, because I'm going to keep talking because you just wouldn't let me go for that transition and go to the credits. You just wanted to go on. All right. This is all, this is all on Tory folks, uh -oh. but it wasn't really a robot. It was just a structure. It didn't seem like it moved at all. Like I never saw any like components that made it look like it would move. It just seemed like a structure. Yeah. Well, that's because they didn't really design. A robot. Did they lower it on a winch? And that was like the descent. Like we're going to lower this robot. Um, it's just a camera on a big frame. Like, didn't it, it doesn't like it had any way to move. It didn't have legs. It had legs. It had legs, but they weren't moved. They were just pieces of pipe. <laughs> like, where well, you're the, looking too hard at it. You're where not were supposed the to pay that much attention. The, like, where was it moving? Like, where were the <laughs> where was the power center? Where was like how does it move? Like, there were no. I didn't see any joints. I just saw pipes connected to pipes, and then a camera on top. That's all I saw. Uh, maybe I missed it because it was dark. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't pay that much attention to it, to be honest, because it wasn't really part of the plot. Like, no, I mean, they named it after the episode. Yeah, they <laughs> named it after the robot. That's what we were talking about the other week when I said that it was Firewalker's a robot. I'm like, oh, no, 
I'm giving him false hope because the robot doesn't really do anything. Yeah, a rogue robot that like manifests itself as an asparagus monster that would be like goes around injecting people with asparagus seeds. Boom, boom, boom. That would have been sweet. <laughs> or again, like you can shoot fire out of your throat through the asparagus nozzle. That yeah, that'd be sweet, sweet if the asparagus thing shot fire. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, like Ludwig gets hit, and then you're like, and then and then out walks Trepkos, and he's got like this asparagus sticking out of his throat, and there's like smoke coming off the tip, like it's a cannon. That would have been sweet. <laughs> Eyes are kind of glowing red, it's all burned up. Boom. It'd be very disturbing, but it would have been interesting. Yeah, because like, because then like the monster, like like Trepkos is dead, but like the asparagus monster inside is taking control. And the reason why it didn't do that with Tanaka and with Jesse and that kind of stuff is because it needs the heat of the volcano to live. Oh. And so the fact that he went down to the volcano when it manifested, then it's able to just take over the dead body. Whereas up in the normal air temperatures, it's like, oh no, I chose unwisely and like died. So, yeah. Yeah. That could have been cool. I got ideas. I yeah. guess I know what I'm doing for my rewrite. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, now I think we can wrap it up. Okay. Unless you got something else. I don't want to cut you off. No, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the Agrarians. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like the X Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch season two of the X Files. Episode 10, Red Museum. And try to figure out if the The truth truth is still out there. The truth is what we make of it. kind of reminds me of like the Drew Barrymore movie like Firestarter yeah okay yeah
Yeah, it reminds me of like walking on hot coals. Like that's what I think of. It's like being a fire yeah, walker. yeah. We talked about that a little bit, like within search of stuff, like old timey when people would just walk on fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, firewalker sounds like an off-brand like Fireball whiskey that's trying oh. to like sort of brand itself like Johnny Walker, but like Johnny Fireball. Walker, but fire. <laughs> yeah, it's like Fireball whiskey. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So Firewalker. I, I, hmm. I would. I wonder if that actually exists. That might possibly. Exist. <laughs> it might. One of those like store brands, <laughs> like Firewalker yeah, whiskey. Might, it might exist. It's a yeah. pretty awesome name. It's the kind of whiskey that you know you're not going to feel good the next day, but you drink it anyhow. Oh, sometimes that's how I feel watching X Files episodes. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, 